0: time for another episode of Poems and Whiskey. Uh, Here is my awkward intro. You know, you'd think I'd figured out how to do this, but um, no. Uh, Tonight I have with me uh, Cynthia. Cynthia, tell us who you are, what you do, where we can find you.
1: Hi, I'm glad to be here. Um, Thanks for inviting me. Thanks for John. Oh, you're welcome. Um, he's he's the glue in the poetry world. He is. He's awesome. He really is. He's got a great accent. I think you've thought <sighs> about more. If yeah, if you
0: if you go um, in my uh, in my little solo reading, occasionally I'll do like a little uh, third Wednesday solo if I need a, like a buffer between some months, and um, I do a solo reading of just some poets that I like, and I read one of John's uh, from one of his his new collection, and um, well, I do my best John impersonation of his poetry reading Uh, you should listen to it and uh, let me know how on I am (laughs) I would love to hear that (laughs) I'm sorry go ahead with your
1: story (laughs) well anyway I'm so glad to be here tonight thank you for having me thanks for understanding about a couple weeks ago It's of
0: course happy new year
1: Thank you. Later, Happy but, New yeah. Year. <laughs> yes. It's a beautiful time of year. I love the autumn. It's my it's my it's my spirit time. Me too. And um yeah, you too. I guess yeah. for writer artists, autumn is something very introspective. And yeah. Yeah. Like in the summertime I just want to go out and have fun. And I'm so hot that I can't think about anything cerebral so i just
0: kind of let it, it go for the
1: down. summer <laughs> yeah exactly <Running> a <laughs> wild yeah
0: Beach same car. i uh, yeah. i'm but i'm not i'm not a summer creature i need uh i need cool breezes i need a northern system coming through <laughs> i'm in texas i'm in the ro- i'm not a desert creature um are you from originally? Oh, I am not. I am not. Um, I, I originally hail from. I'm pointing up like uh-huh. it, like it matters. Like I'm on a, like a grade school map, but um, <laughs> but from uh, I've only lived in in Texas. Um, I visited uh, California once when I ran away at 16, and uh, visited Oregon when I ran away for a weekend at like. 37, or however old I was. But <laughs> so, what, what made you land in uh, uh, Reader's Digest version? Uh, family. Uh- <laughs> gotcha. Well, I, you know, it's become kind of a pain to travel anywhere.
1: Oh, yeah. I prefer just getting in my car, listening to tunes, and driving, you know, um, somewhere. Yeah, so anywhere. So, train
0: you so said you're in uh, Virginia, right?
1: I'm in Virginia by way of Chicago and New York.
0: Oh, okay. <sighs> <I laughs> See, that, that blows my mind for a second, but I forget living in Texas that most people can travel a couple of hours and be in a new state. Like, I, since I'm... <laughs> in Texas, it's eight hours, like, practically fucking anywhere unless you're on the border, right? So again, yeah, that's yeah, that's a way.
1: That's it's a, that, a big place. That's a big place, but no, I I am originally from Chicago, mm. and then I went to grad school in New York, and then I fell in love at Bread Loaf, of all places, and then I moved here to Virginia, about almost twenty seven,
0: twenty eight years ago. Oh, whew. how did you? How did you get into poetry? Was it a is it a lifelong thing, or did you switch gears? Yeah. Like, did it get into you? You get into it? It's like, what happened? It, the bug, the earworm, got <laughs>
1: into me. Was eight years old, and my teacher came in the class and gave us all a picture, a cartoon. I had a horse and a bathtub, and she said, "Rip it. Write about it." and you know, just whatever this little moment, I had an epiphany and I realized I really liked this sen- sensation about putting words to things. Yeah. So at that moment, I kind of knew I was a
0: writer. That's really cool. Man. So I've been doing it ever Years since. old. Do you still have like some of your, uh, your, your baby poetry? Yeah. Baby lines.
1: Yeah. Yeah little journals oh, that's yeah cool. I do. that's so cool i do and um but there was a time i also like and do a lot of visual art and i've always done both there was a point at which i had to make a choice like you know career wise i oh visual art makes me really joyful and happy most all the time and i like making things with my hands Poetry is, you know, macabre, melancholy, depressing. But I chose it because ultimately it's it's the core. But I use a lot of visual art in my work. I, mm-hmm. I bounce off it a lot. And um, so I would say it's still a real big part of my, my process anyway.
0: Yeah. Do you create... Um... Are they companion pieces, or do you do them separately, like the the art and the poetry?
1: Um somewhat mostly separately, but there there was a time in my younger days when I had access to a printing press when I was in school, and it was a lot of fun. I did do some poems to some print it, prints, and I like the process of both because they both had the
0: ink, you know, yeah. That's really cool what where, where, where were you where you were using the printing press uh University of Illinois huh hmm. that's neat. And, and printing. I
1: don't know if you've ever done anything in a printing press but it's a etching it's like a really long involved process yeah you have you have to etch the plate and then you have to put it in the acid the acid eats away at the at the plate. It's, so it's just, you know, it's a very time-consuming
0: process. So what, and what then kind was, of, like, what kind of printing press was it? Like, I, this is going to get kind of niche for a couple of people, but I really want to know. Okay. <laughs> like, uh, was it a specific year or, like, um, how, uh, how, modern, uh, how modern of a printing press are we talking about?
1: it was pretty old, but it was definitely etching and not lithographs.
0: Oh,
1: That's oh a cool. <laughs> That's yeah. cool as shit. It was cool. I miss it. You got to, you know, to do that, you gonna have to have the um, machinery.
0: Yeah. Well, you have to have the access. Yeah. 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 So now I do a lot of collage. Ah, me too. Do you? I do. It's, you- I do a lot of digital collage. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's a fairly new thing for me. I uh, only started it a couple of years ago. Yeah
1: do do many erasures because that kind of reminds me of collage what do you mean by erasures like you know those kind of visual poems where let's say you take off like oh a
0: yeah where you yeah. like the, the the blockout poems yeah the blackout poems yeah. yeah um i have done i haven't done a whole lot I've done um i did a one as like a uh an exercise of an older poem or something that I'd written, I think. But no, I don't like oh. primarily do it. I mostly do, um, my digital collages are, uh, in Adobe. Wait, do I have them anywhere? I don't, I don't have them anywhere. I've taken all of my stuff down, but, um, oh. I get weird about my stuff being oh, online. Neither. And I kind of, and I kind of panicked about some shit, but, um, <laughs> but I can show you later. Like, um, I, I do, um, companion pieces sometimes, and um it's been interesting I've never done collage before how did you get so what's into your particular, writing about? what's your medium for, for making the oh wow uh well I've always written um I've always done a combination of uh writing and and, and visual um you too I was a big narrative a lot- kid so uh, I am tangled up in my fucking headphone cord hold on I am doing so well okay here we go I'm an adult I'm functional <laughs> and <laughs> but, uh, I always wrote as a kid um and in a combination of you know the of writing and visuals and uh, of course as a kid was all fandom stuff I wrote a lot about mermaids uh but, <laughs> but um as far as poetry is concerned um, I didn't get uh, into poetry with any sort of intention until a couple of years ago. And I'm so sorry to my like longer term listener. I think I have like a couple of people who have heard me tell the story a couple of times. But um, <laughs> it was like uh, around 12 years ago, I wrote some poetry and it was because it was like write poetry or God, I don't know. Thank God I had poetry. I have no idea what would have happened to me if I didn't have some sort of appropriate outlet for all the bullshit that was happening and then i stopped writing for around 12 years (laughs) 10 to 12 years and uh came back to it I i picked up this one poetry book and the poems in it gave me extremely vivid dreams and uh i had to write them down And I didn't stop. So I've just kept going. Uh, And here we are today. (laughs) Here we are. Yay. Yay. Connected by words. It is really fascinating, actually, um, where things have started. And the people I keep getting connected to, I haven't met anybody who hasn't been great like I have meeting these groups of poets and these writers and creators has been absolutely fantastic. So poems and whiskey won't be going anywhere. If anybody was uh, at all concerned uh, that I would, <laughs> <laughs> I'll figure out what I'm going to do with it. But like, this has been um, Part the pandemic. Was it because of that you started or totally different? Um, I wouldn't say because of the pandemic, uh, but it played a, part i don't know like it wasn't i didn't do it in response to the pandemic but if i if the pandemic had not happened i may not have honestly because that cut Gosh. everything off it cut it it put this particular amount of strain on things that made things in like my marriage came to an end after several interesting revelations um <laughs> I also later on had several interesting personal revelations and um, without without the pandemic being that main stressor forcing that sort of change in my life. I don't I don't know. I mean, it wasn't done in direct response, but um, it certainly moved it along. Yeah. 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 How about you? Did you do something different because of the pandemic? Did it push anything, change anything for you?
1: It did. Well, it changed everything. You know, life definitely is different now. Social circles and the way we work. It made me want to write more joyfully about things in some of my poems. I would say that's how it changed. I wanted to find some joy. I, I was really inspired by some of the ways that people were connecting and finding ways to connect I write about a lot about mental health in my work and mm-hmm. I wanted to find kind of a new paradigm for, for that and not looking at like, if you have a mental health issue, you know, that it's not necessarily a bad thing or a character
0: flaw. Um, oh yeah. You know? Hell yeah. I do. Yeah. That also tends to be a surprising, th- another theme on this show is <laughs> radical acceptance, radical acceptance.
1: Oh, okay. I like that.
0: Yeah.
1: I think we need like, to accept each other. We're all flawed and just trying yes. to
0: make it. Yes. You know, like, there's no sense in like, I mean, shouldn't we be sick and tired of shame? by now like that's i was thinking uh i the show that i recorded just before yours is with um charles k and uh we talked for a good portion of time about uh that how shame is so baked into our culture you know there's like this um protestant and uh like neo-puritan stuff popping up everywhere and it's just everything our culture is, is is baked in shame you have to be a different way you have to change this you can't do this you have to look this way do this way and if you aren't well well I mean fuck you right so I, right and so I just do a
1: certain mold and if you don't fit into that hold
0: then mm-hmm. you're other yes then you're immediately othered which is a theme for poets in general, we are and writers and, and all creators that just of things that we are we are other We're already you know outside of the mainstream just you know by existing. <laughs> right. And it's interesting. It's interesting. We all share strange thing of sitting down. Not that it's directly proportional. Nobody nobody come for me for that. I'm just saying it 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 changes you, it puts you outside of Expectation, right, right,
1: and you know whatever that norm is that we've all been conditioned to, mm-hmm. you know, um, how do we deconstruct that? Yes, and you know look at what the self is without the the pre presuppositions presuppos- of what we're. Supposed to be. I mean, imagine, I mean, we didn't even think about the ways in which we are preconditioned, you know, sexually and um, ethnically, Mm -hmm. or just supposed to fit into certain boxes. Uh, What would it be like without those expectations? Who would we
0: be? Right. Right. And See, I was just thinking about this. Like, if we didn't have those expectations, and not to say that we we owe it, we owe anything to uh, the powers that be in that sort of sort of way. Like, if it had never happened, no, I'm 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 firmly believe that how we come across something, how we survive something, uh, what we create out of that is uh, for us, and not to the credit of the people who try to <coughs> force us to be something we're not but um oh shit I lost my train of thought that's also a theme here I ramble and lose what the fuck I was <laughs> talking about that's what you said we can ramble it's okay
1: it's 1130 oh, yeah. at night well, I mean yeah. oh yeah it's
0: 1130 for you it's 1130 yeah it's only 1030 ish for me uh uh-huh. um, I'm into rambling oh but that's what I was saying like how um how what we like okay so different cultures have you know different societal standards and so make a definition and those people who don't fit into those definitions whether you know whatever kind of standard it is that's having a standard at all creates something that's going to be outside of it yeah that's the point i was trying to make like how we respond to the stressors is dependent on those stressors relative to not well, on. We, relative to relative to nobody quote me Robbie. please if i ever if i ever sound like i know what the fuck i'm talking about i'm wrong so um, <laughs> nobody please nobody ever take nobody ever take me at my word i have been i have already been proven to be an unreliable narrator um <laughs> sorry aren't we all <laughs> i think we're all pretty unreliable
1: narrators of our own <laughs> Story. That's why we're we're retelling the story the way we want to tell it because
0: we have control. We have control yep. over it this time. Yep, the
1: way we want to oh, hear it.
0: Fuck. Oh, but I think I interrupted your question. Um, but like, how did how did the pandemic affect? How you created you said you were making you wanted to make more joyful things out of the pandemic so like is that something that you feel like you were able to do is it something that's ongoing because lord knows the plague's not gone but like how has that no, changed your relationship with like how you write or what you write about
1: well i wouldn't say every poem i'm writing is joyful and happy but it that did tap into something that i really wanted to acknowledge the light and the joy of things. And, you know, I think with everybody, it kind of brought us down to the essence of things, the necessities, a reminder of the essential, essential people. Yeah. So it's that we took for granted, you know, that you didn't see until, you know, the curtain was ripped away. Um, and now I'm amazed at how quickly people seem to have forgotten. It's like everybody. It's oh. just like a attention span, America. You know, just Serious. like we're off. We, it's it's over. Uh, they forget and they move on. Yep.
0: And you know, like that's, it's it, it's a good. I mean, uh, all right. So I mean, it's kind of a good thing sometimes that humanity wants to just like, right, keep going. I that that that's like steer- later... Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't going to make. I wasn't going to make that analogy. I'm so glad you did not for me. It's true, though.
1: It is true. true.
0: It is true.
1: Can't help it. No, but you do forget see, the, that's the the thing. P- that's the thing. Like if, if, we're gonna, if, we're
0: gonna, if we're gonna stretch this out, if we're gonna stretch out this 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 metaphor, right? Metaphor. If it's labor pains then, I mean, the placenta's still coming, folks. Like, <laughs> it's not done. Like, uh, pump the brakes a little bit. early. Yeah. Well, we're still evolving. We've got to be, right? You know, I don't know about that. And I don't mean that in, like, a, you know, too bad, so sad sort of way. I mean, like, it's... I feel an awful lot like we as as a as a people we keep saying like we're going to get better and do better and think better and we've been having the same fucking conversations about what makes a good human since we've been able to talk N- nothing is I mean We've changed things scientifically, we've grown scientifically, but but people are still people. We're doing the same dumbass and beautiful people things we have always done. I, I don't know if there's... Right. What if we're already the way we're going to be? Womp. Well, like, <laughs> uh, well, well, you know, I just, I just think it's that capability like in in, in every in every human you you have the the potential of glory and you i mean the like the potential of the 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 highest beauty and the potential for the worst atrocities in every human so what if i mean that all of that's already baked into us we can't get better we're already better we can't get worse we're already worse we've already done these horrible things we've already done these glory you know uh beautiful things so like I don't know. I don't know if we necessarily evolve than just Well, I mean, right
1: now with the Trump years, it's like the lowest common denominator of
0: humanity. Oh, I mean, that's (laughs) You're not fucking wrong, friend. Uh, But but Whatever progress
1: we've made, we've gone ten steps back again, you know. (laughs) What's depressing?
0: It is. It is. That's wolf. All right, so that that's a multi-layered concept, like uh, like getting into our capitalistic, like capitalistic hole that we're in. Uh, the things that we value as a culture, um, yeah, yeah. I don't know if it's, it, it's just. I, it just seems like it just seems like it keeps happening to me. Like this feels like the seventies. Like we're, <laughs> do you see like do you think like we're going into the seventies? Like into like a similar sort of political separation, similar, and then like jumping right into the '90s as far as like denial and government subterfuge and <laughs> war crimes, and um... women had more freedom in the '70s than they do now. You lame, what we're going through. I don't it, get it. Like we're it's it. See, it just seems like we're doing the same shit over and over again. It's. I mean, it seems yeah. like it gets better, but then it comes, and I think it goes in cycles. You know, we go through our own experiences of the best and the worst over and over <laughs> and over again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. It is a vicious cycle. I, I keep thinking about the the protests in the seventies, and then the um, the AIDS crisis in the late eighties and the nineties, and the government like all the responses to that and 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 what happened with the korean and vietnam war and i'm just like man i don't know we've changed anything i just it's it's the same yeah you know
1: so i heard a commentator say the other night that the the maga people those people they are tired of democracy they're tired of waiting for things democracy takes too long and they have a short attention span, and they want somebody just to tell them what to do. They want a dictator. Um, and, you know, it's funny when, they, when the person said that. I mean, I don't know what you think about Barack Obama, but I remember myself thinking something similarly like, God, he could just be our king. I like him so much, Barack Obama. He could just be a king and I'd be okay. And that's what those people who love Donald Trump, are feeling like, oh, oh, let him just be our king because I like him so much. And he's, I don't know what yeah. he's done for. Any- I didn't mean to get off on the Trump thing. I'm oh, sorry.
0: hey, no, don't. No, do not apologize. Do not apologize. I love, I love getting into actual. I love getting into conversations like <laughs> oh, it's good. Well, it's good. It's where we are right it now. Is. It, it is. It is. It's part of our lives. It's part of the reason why we create and why we're pushed. And yes, so I I think true. every single topic that ever comes up, whether we're talking about our favorite TV shows or the books or what we did that day, that's part of that's part of our lives, and that goes into the work and why we're working and all and all of it. It's all encompassing. So true. We're good. Very true. All right. Never that's apologize. Good. Radical acceptance here at Poems and Whiskey. Uh-oh. <laughs>
1: I like that.
0: Radical acceptance. I'm drinking to that. So do you, like, did you find you were writing more joyful stuff? Did you find the same sort of, is there the same level of, like, well, creating is always kind of a mixed bag, but, like, a fulfillment, like the same sort of rush, or did you get the same thing out of it back?
1: This is a project that I did with a friend of mine a writer friend Alexis from Fancher. And it's it's She's called also Duets. Called... Yeah. Duets.
0: Okay.
1: She's a photographer and a poet. It's a and stunning. Just, we had a cover. Writing assignment every week. She would put a photograph out and we would write to it. Dom. Ooh. She write very different poems to her to her photographs. So it was ecrostic like, and um and this got us through the pandemic. It was like a little project. Ah. pandemic. And um, so we each wrote 10 poems to her photographs. And we were lucky enough that Harvard Editions published it. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, in last year. Yeah. So this kind of, yes, did get me through the pandemic. It helped to have a, have a project, have a friend we talked yeah. once a week about life we talked about poems and we're very different poets so the work the response is, is so different yeah. in our in our yeah and that was fun i'd never collaborated with anybody before in this way as a poet and it wasn't always easy especially the the writing part was us individually but the book part putting a book out with somebody else had its challenges because we both live in she lives in California, I live in Virginia or time oh. you know, in terms of doing a gathering or things like that uh, but other than that it was really a good, I know how good thing fun thing to do yeah I did write a couple joyful poems that, to answer your question <laughs> and joyful what is sorrow what is that in a poem what what to you is joyful or sorrow
0: that see that's a difficult question um (laughs) because it can vary right sometimes i get I mean, I'm a little broken. I've said this before, you know, so, but I get, I get, you know, sometimes I get a lot of, you know, real grief out of what should be a joyful poem. Like, and, you know, I, then I will find real pleasure in something that ke- echoes back my, uh, my brokenness. So. Sure. I don't know. It, it's, I mean, aren't, aren't they kind of roughly the same? Yeah.
1: And can't they both Joy be and the sorrow? same?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And they can intermix and uh, the best poems to me make me laugh and cry, you know?
0: Yeah. The perfect ending is a happy, sad ending. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> So, and I think our sense of
1: joy changed somewhat with the pandemic. Our our expectations of joy, maybe. That's a good point.
0: You know, I think... I I said this before on a a few episodes back, but um, for anyone who's keeping track, but please don't, um, (laughs) that uh, the pandemic seems to... Uh, maybe it's just my biased opinion, but it seems to have changed the general public awareness of poetry. I feel like it's uh, getting more attention than than it did a couple of years ago. Like, Yeah, yeah. I, I think people were using
1: art and poetry in a whole different way in their lives and really yeah. realize... Yeah. How important, whether it was Netflix or poem or music, how how important art is in our lives. I mean, I got that sense that people really, whether they were reading poems or baking bread, there was something communal about it Yeah, and sharing things, even if it was through a screen, you know.
0: I mean, if, if if things weren't shared through a screen, I think I, I mean half my life would not exist. Um, <laughs> so, right. it's it's interesting. It's there's been a lot that's come out for me because of the pandemic, and it's weird. It's hit so many people. I mean, a- and us. But when 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 the pandemic hit, we didn't have to change a whole lot about our lives. We were always very. Uh, hermetic people and so it just it didn't change a whole lot but it did make things more accessible to us in general we are very we're a it gave you permission to be hermetic it did it did it absolutely did anymore we're all doing that now yeah and it, it, it took, yeah, it did. It took some of the shame away. It took some of the, the you know, the isolation away. And in, in, the, in the biggest isolation, it brought more connection to me. So I, like, it, it's bizarre, but it was a good thing for us on the whole. I mean, there's still some stuff that we're struggling with because of other stuff that happened. Like, you know, domino effect sort of stuff. But... Um, on right. the whole, bizarrely positive. We oh. all got our shots and we didn't like have a a big, because we're so isolated, like a big health impact. We've all had COVID once and we've all had our shots and it wasn't too terrible. So I don't know. Do I have any actual wood in my room? Here we go. Knock on one. You know? Knock nah. on what? Yeah. <laughs> what do you think? is inspiration this is a multi-layered question so hold on what do you think is i have to read my paper because i wrote it down i never remember it (laughs) what is inspiration does it differ and if yes how from desire and motivation i'm sorry you'll have to repeat that (laughs) one more time (laughs) that's okay i have to repeat it for myself okay so what do you think is inspiration like what is it and does it differ, and if yes, how, from desire and motivation?
1: Wow, they're all the same
0: family. See, see, Sweet. I feel like they are too. I do like they're siblings, or at the very least, you yeah. know, first cousins. Yeah, because they're all like galvanizing. They're all, you know, like catalyst type forces. That's right. What they bounce <laughs> off each other.
1: Well, there's the yearning. And I think yearning is part of desire and part of inspiration. Yeah, there's the loneliness, which is also part of desire and part of inspiration. And what was the third thing you asked? The um, um,
0: motivation. Oh, motivation. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So motivation is behind all those things. You know, you want to you want to communicate something. And you don't mm-hmm. want to be... You may want to be alone, but you don't really want to be lonely.
0: Right, right. But you do,
1: you do want to be hermetic.
0: <laughs> you know, it's really... Because we really want it all, don't we? You no, know, we sure as fuck do. And we certainly try. We certainly try, too. Yes, oh. we do. See, like But some that's people... a really...
1: Question I love it. I was thinking about like... If it was in circles, where would those circles connect yeah like the Venn
0: diagram like where would they where would they connect right yeah Um, yeah Yeah. because it is a little bit all all forces to make something change yes
1: alter or to understand it or to look at it differently from a different angle Uh Mm
0: -hmm. all of these things being that they are catalysts catalysts let me say that like I actually know how to say the word catalysts um, <laughs> <laughs> um, they all they all chaos, right? Or do they come from chaos? Do you think that these forces create or come from chaos? Well,
1: maybe art is trying to make some order out of chaos. Mm. maybe that's what art is understand at least trying to understand chaos through a vehicle that we can process our lives and the and the confusion and the you know the multi-dimensional layers that we deal with. You know, in five-minute stretches, you can feel joyful and you can feel sorrow. You yeah. know, our the way our psyches work. You can be so, you, can, you know, everything in your life can be going so well. There's one little thing that bothers you or one person or one little painting that's crooked. And it just sets everything off, you know? Yeah. Why do we need the balance? And why are we so easily pushed? You know Uh that too. Do you feel like you live on an edge?
0: Oh well, that I've actually been okay. So (laughs) in in the theme of like radical acceptance and whatnot, um, I have been actively trying to not live on edges so much anymore. Uh, Uh huh. An acceptance and an integration of it so it's less of an edge and more of a shore right alright so, so that things come and go and no matter how how it is and how it happens that's okay it's okay but it's oh, got an and of uh yes and I've just I've been working toward um, recognizing how that changes through through my day but like through through a week through a life because you know a neurodiverse family in many 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 ways so yeah it's just it's instead of saying like it has to be this one way or it's this horrible thing or this wonderful thing it's all all various shades of uh gray (laughs) in a good way though in a good way
1: yeah it is well and makes us see you know is that what writing and thinking is about yeah metaphor making us see something differently differently than we had thought about it before i mean that's juicy part of of
0: what we do i don't know do you feel like you you feel like you do that i don't know if i do that or 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 can we even be the best judges can we even be the judge of our own work in that regard Uh Like, can we make that judgment for ourselves? I don't know if we can.
1: We know, know what made us feel good about a piece or what we liked about it, or maybe it was something we did that was different,
0: which no one else would know other than you. That's the, true, the... but, like, we 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 can be the best judge of our work for ourselves, but I don't know if we can, if, I, I know I can't see my stuff entirely clearly, I, uh, and it's not just not having faith in what I'm doing, um, although there is that sometimes. Um, but an outside perspective, like someone who's not going to see the pattern that, you know, started inside your head for the poem, um, it's going to mean something completely different to that person. And I, I don't know. It's, uh, I know I'm not a good judge of my own shit.
1: Well, I know that I personally like to have when somebody reads my work, I really like when they don't know me at all person. And it's just the work on the page. And like, let's say I get a poem accepted or not accepted. I don't really even trust the acceptance. If I know that person in any way. It's got to be, like, really cold. Like, they don't know me or whatever. It's just literally the... And, I mean, I yeah. know a lot of people accept it the other way, and it's fine. But, like, at the, my core, I just don't trust it. It's like, oh, they like me or I'm a nice person or whatever. But, like,
0: what what is it about that? Like, why does that trigger... Just because they know you doesn't mean that your work is any less valid. So why no, does it why does just... it trigger the
1: thing, you know? Exactly.
0: I don't know why. But
1: I do feel like the poem is separate from me somehow. Uh-huh. It's not and I want it, I want it to be judged on its own as just a thing and an entity in the world. There's really nothing to do with me or my life. And when those things cross, because they do, like, it's the difference between, let's say, you, your family, your mother reading your poem, mm-hmm. and a stranger who's never met you before. Right. You know, and your mother's going to read it, and she's going to know, you know, what kind of cereal you liked when you were a kid, and how that, you know, TV show fit in, or whatever. right, and she's right, right. To you and your personality, as opposed to that stranger it's just getting all those iconic things in the poem. And do they know you differently? Or how do they know you differently? Ooh. And how do they read differently? And it's different. It's it different. different. When it, it is. Yeah. I don't know if it's good or bad or whatever, but it, it's definitely a different thing. So, and for me, it's just part of my process. I like, I really like knowing like if an editor picks a, you know chooses a poll it's just about the poem on the
0: page right i don't know why but that that feels for I mean, me i mean i i i i i get what you mean like um i i have submitted like to uh to Go city press since um i met john and it felt bizarre now he rejected me because of course he did uh, thanks, John, but no, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but like, it's funny. I wouldn't. Have, I didn't take the rejection on anything personal. But had but... he was, had he accepted it, had he accepted it, I definitely would have second guessed if it was on the poem's merits or or not. Like, well, that's kind of difficult trying to make connections out in the, out in the world well, of like indie poetry
1: I have those passions. Yeah. And sometimes, yeah. of course, that's the way the poem oh, gets to an editor yeah. or whatever. <laughs> and that works that way. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But, you know, I, and, and I just think how hard a job it is when you've got a hundred friends setting you poems. People oh no. Love. Oh no. I mean, no. Sure. Dear
0: dear dear friends, uh in in now and in the future, if I do actually end up making this into some sort of like lit mag on on my own, um my friends, my lovely friends, um don't send me your poems. <laughs> I don't know if I can do it. I don't know if I could do it. I don't. I'm sorry. Um, I don't know. I No, but that's hard. That's you, you might, might be stop really being hard. my friends if you sent me your stuff. I don't know if I could do it, man. It's hard. Oh, no, dear I, editors, I'm sorry. i am in the journal <laughs> and very hard to turn your
1: friends down. But you have to. Yeah. I mean you gotta be real, right?
0: Yeah. Have you yeah. ever
1: seen any um Ever done a literary journal?
0: I haven't. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm considering it because I don't know. This poems and whiskey is a project that I initially thought would only go for about a year. And now I've enjoyed it so much. I would like to continue it, but I don't necessarily know how it will best look in the future. I want to continue with this idea and I like it a lot. And I would really, I'm interested in making, um, at least an online literary review, right? Yes. Um, I already have, I've already have a name picked out and everything, but I don't know about the legalities and time. I have a couple of volunteers already, but, um, I don't know about anything of the rest of it. So it's still, up in the air with my fuck it philosophy of, I will figure it out. That's <laughs> <I said. laughs> but would you yeah. connect it to the show? I want to, would- I want to, that's the basic idea. Um, yeah. that I, I don't have like any themes or anything. It's just a concept of possibility, yeah. nothing firm yet, but I think it would be really fun and terrible. But mostly fun to be part of that like wider community and to be able to put out work that I really enjoy and to get voices that I don't see a whole lot of uh, out there, right. you know. But, so yeah, yeah, and to be
1: a curator of of that mm-hmm. and pick a theme or something that yeah. that's always fun. yeah. There's
0: so much i mean there's so many great literary journals out there, there oh really there are. are there absolutely are uh it's it's kind of overwhelming uh, to be honest like it is. i'm not great at the social media as far as everything i hear you uh, I, I don't know but so i want so to you, it's it's an idea i want to try not i want to try social media has stolen a lot
1: from hmm. us stolen our souls you think? Um, you know, I'm older. Than, you know, well, Yeah, I have a memory of life for the internet and social media and being a writer. It was very different. It was very much a sense of solitude that you will ne- I'll yeah. never get quite the same way. I mean, you wake up we now and, you, and you're in somehow involved with hundreds of people before you've had your
0: coffee. It's cool. large, I mean, I don't. It? I don't, well, okay, so, all right, not to say that it hasn't had an impact on the world, because it absolutely has, um, but as far as, like, connection and whatnot, like, (sighs) however many people, what starts your day, I, I don't even, like, get into shit that's happened until after I have eaten and had coffee (laughs) well that's smart i double check like i i see that people like may have contacted me but i don't i do my best not to respond first thing in the morning like fuck i need time to wake up i'm not even human i'm barely half set jello it's (laughs) it's not a good time to be looking at social media so like (laughs) Until I am downstairs and I've had caffeine and I've had something to eat so that, you know, I'm thinking somewhat straight and not just, you know, angry bear from the get go. Then, then I can respond to
1: stuff. I I try, but I think most people, I
0: think for most people, it's an addiction, Hmm. you know, like it's also formulated that way. That's, it's the commodification of socialization, yeah. The socialization itself, yeah, and yeah. yeah, it's that's
1: good food. That's good food for thought. It's true, and it's such a different way of. I mean, it's like you're plugged in in every orifice, and uh you know, if I if I got to do Instagram now, I got to do Threads. Now I gotta remove go sky now I gotta go X Rabbit. Oh.
0: Wow, how many holes can we be plugged into? Uh I mean all of them, God's willing. But I but um <laughs> sorry <laughs> X rated
1: <laughs> <Blah, blah, blah. laughs>
0: We keep it real. Um, but uh fuck if I know, man. I am I'm barely active enough on Instagram to make anything to say that I'm there. I'm on Instagram, I guess. I should be doing better for like for the show on other places, but mostly I'm just on Instagram.
1: Where do you yeah. put this show? Do you do you put it out
0: somewhere? Um, well it's it's public It's it's bizarre it's like all in one digital um audio workstation and recording and all of that which is what made me interested in it because i'd never done a podcast before and i had no idea what the fuck i was doing (laughs) so give me an all-in-one kit that that'll help you know like Uh, press go that records awesome you know so uh, (laughs) that's what i did but um shit i lost my train of thought what was your question i've lost it too oh no that's brilliant don't worry about it we're on the same level then we have no idea Mm, perfect i I love it i love it now see this when i when i first uh, when i first came up with all this shit right i was saying like i wanted it to be like a poetry salon because where do poetry salons even happen anymore so what what do I do? A one-on-one where I get slightly tipsy with uh, a new person <laughs> and we share thoughts. I have a very good time with it. Everybody who's been on, thank you so much. It's uh, It's been a blast.
1: <laughs> well, you're a good FC. Have... You're a good host. Oh. You know, I mean, I've never met you before. You're very gracious and gregarious. And when I told you that I didn't feel like I should be drinking a whiskey and Russia tea you were just so gracious and well, of course understand
0: yeah yeah I appreciated that though well yeah. you're you're very welcome uh I'm glad I'm glad that's exactly you're yummy. the person to yeah. act with I think that and that's important in what you're doing
1: interview style is warm and and, and gregarious you have a nice it's
0: laugh, too oh thank you uh you've you've asked me and other people have asked me like my own thoughts on on inspiration and what it is and i don't i don't have any sort of inspiration i don't have a concrete thought on it and i feel like i'm supposed to be some sort of authority sometimes because i'm the one asking questions but i don't have any sort of idea none zero uh we'll see is my general idea of it um how do you like how do you work with that sort of flow of inspiration with like do you get parts of that are like um, like writer's block or a fallow time. Like is there a time where you stopped writing completely where you didn't think you were going to write again or is it something that always that you know will always be with you.
1: i uh, well you know I always have those feelings like gosh even if I keep writing what do I really have to say. And I sad mean, yeah. all? You know, how I many different ways can I look at a blackbird? Uh, <laughs> I make mean, that interesting to say uh, all those. Things.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And you feel like a total fake most of the time, and yeah. Um, yeah. but you don't have a choice. You got to do this thing. It,
0: so you know, what? Do whether you, you, have, you like what is- it. Uh, what is it? I I have yet to talk to somebody who who creates who has ever felt like it's been a choice, like it is something that you have to do. It's, right, it's, it's baked into you somehow. Like that. Like earlier, I was saying, like I had to write the poetry, or I, I don't know what would have fucking like happened to me during that like two-ish year time frame where I was writing. Right, right, and then, like it's never. To, to to create something in this in these ways it's never a choice it's something that you're compelled to do and there's That's, this assumption with connection to spirit when it comes to poetry specifically but in all art there's this assumption of connection to spirit interesting in the modern era
1: maybe it's that connect
0: maybe you're communicating to the spirit through art maybe Maybe Um, sometimes it feels like there's that sort of thing, but somebody can be inspired to do something that's um, terrible. I mean, we were talking about, you know, like the greatest of humanity and the lowest of humanity. And they could say with their push and their motivation to say this, that, and the other, that they were inspired to do this horrible thing. What is the difference between their inspiration and our inspiration? The chaos they're creating, the terrible things they're creating, and the, I'm just going to do air quotes on this, you know, the, the beautiful stuff that we say recreate, you know? And yeah, yeah, there's the personal impact of like, they're doing something that negatively impacts uh, a whole group of people. But I'm talking about that initial push. Like, you, you see where I'm going with that? Not a... Uh,
1: well like k jameson said the difference between serial killers and artists is you know or the or the mass killer they have the angst and the depression and the melancholy but they have no place to put it but the artist has all those same things but we have a vehicle and a place to channel it to channel that angst and whatever rage or depression and if you don't have a place to channel it yeah we we talk about writing like you were saying it it gotten through
0: you know we we think i mean it wasn't intentional i didn't like yeah it wasn't an intentional thing there wasn't something like well i will write blah 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 no it was never a conscious thought it was a line in my head that I had to write down, and that's where it went, like why, right. yeah, well, you were a vehicle for
1: something, you know, something that had to had to come out, had to burst out through writing and words, um the ineffable I mean, it's really hard to translate our experiences. How do we
0: do that? And yet and we try some... to, as we poets, do. as poets. That is our literal job ex- job description, for like, yeah, <laughs> and and we're, we're so sharing. good, and at the same time, All so bad at it. It's beautiful, actually. Like, and it ain't easy. No, it's really it's not. Not, easy. <laughs> oh. not doing it
1: well. It's and it's very frustrating. Yes. Oh. Uh, how many drafts do you write
0: work? Oh, see? Uh, I can't it that depends. There's um like I had a I had a haiku that by the end of it was a completely different haiku. And then what I started with I couldn't tell you how many drafts that went through. Like it was, started out from a totally different perspective and I flipped it around and upside down and then started it in a different way and like i don't know it, it really depends some of them have had um almost no changes like this came out great i loved it i love my line breaks i love my rhythm i love blah 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 imagery is right. perfect i didn't get too purple we're good and then others i've torn apart And only left with like two lines because I said too much fucking shit. And this got the point across way better. So, I don't know. Like, um, there's a process. I start out handwritten because that's where I write first is by hand. Probably because I started before the internet. Then I will copy it over into some sort of program, docs or word. And that first copy over where I'm having to look at it and transcribe it, then it changes a whole hell of a lot because I'm looking at it from like a slightly different perspective and copying it down and seeing how the words go together, typed out. That changes it for me. Um, And then from there is anyone's guess close enough for hand grades you know what about you how many how many drafts do you go through
1: um uh, usually quite a few and i also am right and i like the transition from going to him ha- from handwriting to typing because i feel like when i'm typing it up it makes me see it colder and more objectively so that's kind yes. of good
0: yes i completely understand that yeah
1: and I think there's something, some connection between writing and your hand and your, you know, there's some, something that happens there for me that I think I would miss if I was just typing. But that's the Ooh. difference between a poem and a piece of fiction, probably. It'd be hard to handwrite a novel, I
0: would think. Well, I mean, I did it as a kid. <laughs> yeah. Well, I can't say it was any good, but like... I did do it with just reams and reams of spiral bound notebooks with my (laughs) characters doing whatever the fuck they do. Um, But, you know, now that you bring that up, I do write very differently. Poems are generally handwritten and the prose and narrative stuff that I do is generally typed. Huh?
1: Huh? Yeah. Well maybe there is all about you know, it's like a paintbrush or something when you're oh writing yeah. a poem. It's it is painterly and
0: doodly and you know That's you write funny. Little, yeah. yeah. That connection. See, I don't like doing um like digital painting so much. Collages are one thing because it's kind of like cutting and pasting and and whatnot. But like when I actually do a physical art i prefer paint i prefer paint and markers and graphite because i get to touch and feel the medium
1: right right very tactile yeah yeah well i think that to me poetry and paintings are more alike than poetry and fiction there's something about reading a poem and looking at a painting. Agreed. You know, it's kind of a synesthesia experience where things yes. come at you. I was not in a uh, linear way, like a piece of fiction might be more linear. Where a poem or a painting might just come at you. Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. all at once. Yeah, you just you get it. You get it. Through your senses and its immediate and music too, same way. so yes, Kind of adjust
0: yes, 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 yes. And work I say working on and working on is really just me, you know, kind of like fantasizing about it. But getting more musicians like onto the show because that the connection between music and poetry is fascinating. And I'm fascinated by music in general i'm one of those kids who should have been into like should have been enrolled in some sort of like music thing in school and and never did so now you have the adult who wants to fix that and um (laughs) i would love to get more musicians i've had um i've had a couple but i would love to get some more musicians and talk about that that cross between the sound and the feel have you ever had two people on at the same time, a, a poet and a musician together, or Oh, artist I, haven't, and- I haven't yet. I haven't yet. Um, so I guess quasi-announcement, I am actually going to have my very first um, multi-person episode coming up. Uh, I have a special episode for Halloween coming up. I'll be recording it uh, Monday night, Monday the 30th. And I'll be releasing it on Halloween. So it's going to be a real quick turnaround. I'm recording it, doing a real quick edit, and then flipping it around and putting it out on Halloween day. Um, wow. Yeah. How long, does it, how long does it usually take you to edit the show? Uh, it depends on the show. Um, it really depends on the show and how badly yeah. I... I yes, make that no mistakes. <laughs> um but it' a shorter show where I haven't said too much stupid shit. Um, I can edit in about uh, six to eight hours. Um, wow. I've had, if it's a longer episode where I've gone like on and on and on, or the guest and I really weren't able to shut up about whatever we're talking about. Um, and I want to make sure I keep things. I have to I really make sure that I'm going through each section and uh if there's something that might like i had just had a show where things were some of the things were just between me and the guest like i didn't want to talk about the last time i saw them or something like that it's not for the wider world to know but um a longer episode can take sometimes two days uh because i also do a uh a soundtrack to the back. Um, wow. I wanted it to be like a poetry salon. And if people were coming over to my house to talk about this stuff, I would absolutely have music playing. Now I can't uh-huh. afford I can't afford the music that I would actually be playing as far as the rights are concerned, but I can't uh-huh. I can't afford what comes with this wonderful package that I am paying for monthly um (laughs) their royalty free music with genre etc that i'll put on and like they get it it's approximately approximately right so so then i'll put music toward the back so there's an intro there's music going throughout the whole episode and there's an outro theme so there's a whole production process to it um i thought so it's 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 a little bit different um, it takes me longer, but that's okay. Um, I know a lot of royalty free tracks now by heart. And sometimes <laughs> they get stuck in my head, and that's like I don't know what to do with that. Uh, so like that, okay. Hey y'all, that's this one I- song called Bourbon After Dark, it's only available on my fucking like daw is um is stuck in my head for the next like three hours. Uh-huh. And I'm just like right, All right. That's great. That's a problem
1: right there. I know all the royalty-free music I've got them stuck in my head. That's great. <laughs> the things that we come up oh. with out of
0: our out of no our situation, right? Right. I was, dude. I was thinking about that just recently. What we end up, the choices we make to make things better when we shift focus like i'm not saying like so there's a time to grieve and you allow yourself that time to grieve that shit sucks right and then the changes that we make for ourselves to give ourselves something you know like that stuff is really important and i don't know i guess maybe it's just the it might be the age i'm at since i'm i'm Nearly 40. Maybe it's just midlife crisis shit. Maybe it's adolescence 2.0. Maybe it's just the next gray wave. I'm not sure yet. But, you know, it's just... The choices you make... To keep your joy... Finding what your joy is. That's important. You know? Sure. (laughs) So... Here, how about we talk about what you're reading right now?
1: Uh, well, I, since you said that, I I just bought a little, brought a little stack of books. Oh, I love a stack of books. This is uh, a lie of braving this sight of invisible longing. Oh, uh, I thought that was pretty lovely. Of course, Diane Seuss, the Frank Sonnets. The Frank Sonnets, yep, yep, yep. Diane. This is the Frank Solar. Oh, just one appealed surprise. Uh, this is a new poetry journal Lost Pilots Lost Pilots? And it's yeah beautifully put together on like real paper really nice sleep out. just really nice well well made thing
0: put it out. Um,
1: but I have a poem in there and um,
0: you're going to read it right? Should I absolutely read your poem? You should read everything that you want to read, brought with you, anything new or not new or whatever you want to share. I, I, oh, I love it when everybody shares what they have. Absolutely, the whole show would be sharing, but you know, I also no, like hearing is- stories. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Aesthetics. All right, let's see. It's a. Okay. All right, this is called, I was saying before, I I was trying to work with this somewhat new paradigm for thinking about mental health. And this is called uh, Dear, Dear Happiness. Dear Happiness, call it my manic season, but I've come to understand that I'm at my happiest when I'm multitasking. Yep, clean up on aisle three. I'm at the ready. I'm hanging curtains to the moon. I'm baking bread and dripping candle wax on old bottles of a new self. Juggling my flaws like colorful little balls. I'm tending to The minuscule matters. Looking for the multifaceted crime. This is how I sweat to purge the body demons. I'm having a lurid tea party with all my imaginary friends. Shh, this is a small town. I cross-spotted cows off my list. I held the smell of my father's leather coat, his essence. I played hopscotch like it was the only thing that mattered in the world. I am disbanding all my brand names and codes so that I can grow this extra arm, this extra flabby arm. Call me the goddess of multitasking. I can climb down every rabbit hole. I'm holding the sun like a disco ball in the bipolar ballroom of despair. I can color out of the lines, break the laws. I can step over every impediment. Let the mirror images of an inner self reflect my little girl warrior savior survivor do-over grinning from ear
0: to ear you're gonna read more right <laughs> <laughs> my computer's about to die i got a, i got a little more oh. no. It's- all right, all right, all right. How about you, read a Paul? Oh, shit, me. Okay. Ah, uh, do <laughs> I have something? Shit. I didn't prepare. Use something that's not like sad. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I have so many that are sad. I'm so sorry, folks. I only have sad poems. Uh, I. I God, oh, I don't you, know if I've that's... read this, I don't know if I've read this one or not, but I'm reading it anyway. Okay. Oh Says so I referenced it. I'm gonna this is um all that shit I was talking about earlier when I wrote like 10, 12 years ago. Uh, I recently went through all of it, uh got rid of the really crap poems, polished up the ones that had potential put it together into a chat book, right? So it's out there existing, but I had some interesting uh, reactions because it brought up a lot of the same stuff when I had originally written it. So it was kind of working its way through. All right. So uh, I don't know if I've read this or not folks. So here we go. uh, I'm putting together a chat book about it. Every day I practice forgiving myself for existing. Sometimes every minute I get to perfect this skill. On days where I am really lucky, I am to be washed in the glory of mercy from the moment I open my eyes to the moment I am finally allowed to stop deliberately propping myself up. My stomach has belled wrong for days. An empty iron bowl near pared out from a hard cast searing cold weight. I have been shaking since I started. My body is so scared that admitting pain in experience... Means the same as admitting the deserving of it. Catharsis was mentioned in passing. It would figure I would vomit mine up. I had swallowed enough May Day cries. What else could I do but emit canaries? My ribs are sore from the force of purging. This pretty blessing somehow sings through the yellow clinch of it. I am allowed to let go
1: oh nice thank you
0: thank you like that last slot true story (laughs) yeah that's a that's a question i haven't asked someone in a minute how like how how true are the stories like are you are your poems real events or It's total, uh, well, I wouldn't say total persona, but I definitely
1: feel like there's different voices. Don't acknowledge that everything I say or do in a poem happened to me necessarily. Right, right.
0: All right. Is there anything else that you would like to share? Uh, I can read one more. Sure. Oh, I'd love it. Yes, please. Please. Something happy, joyful, or sorrowful? Flip a coin. (laughs)
1: <laughs> all right here's kind of a funny one and yesterday was national sun's day as they call it. every day is a national something day right it was also i think it was also national coffee day it, but yes yeah. it was national sun's Day. all right so do you remember um a couple when well, you can't forget that a couple of years ago when was it the debates yeah when uh, Mike Pence was in a debate and that fly landed on Mike Pence's head. Ah. We on the debate, yes. you can see me. That was <laughs> a fly sticking to his head. So, my son was at college when that happened, but he was on, he was watching it, and he texted <laughs> me. He texted me this great line, and, and it said, He said, I bet the fly got stuck in his hairspray. And that was his text. So that's my son. He has a good sense of humor. (laughs) And um, so this poem also was inspired by Ruth Bader Ginsburg. And um, also a tribute to my son. And my son is Fly. And it's called Little Fly Zone. My son texted to say the fly probably got stuck in his hairspray. Under the hot lights, the fly was unassuming. But for two gorgeous minutes, it was pure stagecraft. The lone fly laying eggs in the white snowstorm of his hair. This was a judge in a lace collar dispatching all the justice she can muster with two gossamer wings. My son is old enough to get a girl pregnant. It could happen just like that. Our lives hang upside down in the balance, fate on the laundry line of our dirty linens, a fly can land, spoil all your plans, my son is studying to be a physicist, looking at how things come into being, demand opposites. I thought the fly was on the TV screen, so I tried to squash it, but it was on his real head. I taught my son it was okay to have consensual sex before marriage. Yes, I did, for fuck's sake. But tell that to the lady with seven children, opining to steal the black robe of blind justice. On live TV, the fly landed on layers of lacquer and plastic. So toxic, he did not even notice. Every two minutes, there are starving children being born. Oh, fly, build a colony in his ski slope hair. Let them procreate. Let them eat cake. The son I birthed with joy texted to say, the fly probably got stuck. In his hairspray.
0: And as par for the fucking course for this wonderful project of mine, uh, I lost the last part of Cynthia's audio with her sign off. You can find her at cynthiaatkins.com and at Cynthia Atkins, the numeral one on Instagram. And of course, you can find all of her links and contact info down in the notes uh you'll also find a couple of new charities along with the usual ones um some aid for the palestine we can't fix everything but we can do something all right stay well take care cheers